Welcome to Arise Life, a community of believers being equipped, empowered, and released into their destiny. For more information, go to arisealife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. I am impressed. You made it back for week two. Um, If you weren't here last week, or you were, uh, still the truth, um, that we were, we were walking through this whole thing in the life of Gideon. Gideon was, you know, it starts out, it says at the beginning of chapter 6 of Judges that the Israelites walked away from God, didn't want anything to do with him, so God let them have their way, and for seven years they found themselves oppressed by their neighbors who would come in, the Midianites would come in and every year and multiple times steal everything they had and leave. And so the people of Israel came up with a great strategy for dealing with the enemy. Anybody remember what it was? Run away and hide. Boom. Run, who are my people? Yes, Lord. I feel the grace on that. Right? Instead of actually dealing with the issue, they tried to limit loss. Right? And if you have been going through for seven years of ever-increasing loss, what do you think your mind is like? I mean, just guess if, you know. Defeated? Tiny, tiny? Defeated? Despair? Tiny? Hopeless? So... Let me ask you this. When you're in this place, what is the likelihood that you're going to risk? Zero, Zero, right? I mean, it's not hard math, right? Zero percent chance that you're going to risk, right? Why won't you risk when you're in this place? Yeah, I have nothing left. I have nothing. What is there to risk? Um, uh, I I heard uh, no hope. Uh, what, what, how does having no hope make me unable to risk? Frozen? Frozen? Come on. How do, what's that? Things are only going to go wrong. Only go wrong. Unmotivated. So no motivation. So, I mean, the reality is, I mean, like, 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 I don't see, like, somebody just stands up and starts, you're like, you just like grab a $100 bill and just start burning it. What is the point? There's no point to it. Why would I do it if there's no point? If the only result will be loss, right? If that is where I am, I'm not going to risk, true? And this is where the people of Israel are. Maybe this is where you are this morning. What's the point? What is the point? What is the point? And so the people of Israel, you know, finally though, anybody here you've just, you maybe you don't have hope, but you do have hurt. Anybody here, you didn't have any hope for change, but you just got done hurting? Yeah, yeah, I'm done hurting. I don't even see how there's an option, how there's a way out, but I'm done hurting. Bah! And so they turned back to God, right? And, uh, and the result is that God sends an angel to a guy by the name of Gideon. He shows up. The guy is a bad farmer hiding out 
uh, you know, in a wine press trying to thresh grain, which you can't do. And the angel shows up and says, behold, mighty man of God. And Gideon's like, who? Who? Me? Who? Me? I would submit to you that word of the Lord was true, but it didn't resonate with him. Do you know the word of the Lord can be true and not resonate with your spirit? Because it doesn't resonate with your life. But anyway, so here he is, and, and he argues with the, the angel. He says, you know, he says, and he says, I've heard your cry. Go in the strength that you have to deliver the people of Israel. You're so hot and bothered about the people of Israel being beaten down. Why don't you go in the strength you have? And what he realized in that moment is he didn't have enough strength. So he, 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 got, he, he got up in God's face again. And God said, no, I am going with you. It's not just the strength you have, but it's I go with you. That's going to make the difference. And the Gideon hears the word of the Lord, and he makes a small but expensive step to test it. Masha said, talked about making a small step. Small steps still have to cost us. They might cost us being willing to hope. It might cost us being willing to risk. <clears throat> A little bit might cause uh, there might, but there has to be some sort of a cost. He does the cost, and then as a result, he gets this sign where the where the angel Lord burns up everything and then disappears from his sight. And then the next thing is that night God tells him, "Go, you know, you're so worried about this huge big issue. How about we start with your life? How about we start with your video game, Peter? How about we start with your home?" How about we start with where you're at? And he starts with manageable things and uh, Gideon tears down the altar and then gets in trouble for it. By the way, anybody here, you're going to do it if you don't get in trouble? Right? I mean, that's the point. We have that argue with that. That's the, that's the deal with God, right? I will follow you if it will turn out right. And instead, he did it in the dark of night. Why do you think he did it in the dark of night? Nobody see him. What happened? Everybody saw him. Everybody saw him. Ah! Right? And he was crying out to God for protection. God was protecting him, but not how he thought. And so here he is. He, he, uh, they, they named him Baal Buster or, or Man Who Takes on Baal. And, and he, he makes it out. Um, and the next thing is the Spirit of God comes on him. He goes, yes, I will go. And he blows the trumpet and he calls all of Israel to fight against Midian. And, the, uh, and, and it says the very next thing was the Midians came back, but they didn't come back alone. They came with everybody else, the Midianites and Malekites. It got, if it had been bad before, it got 10 times worse. Now, if you are a hopeless person and, and you are a risk-averse person, and you have just said yes to God in the moment, full of the Holy Spirit, boldness, and then it turns out 10 times worse. What are your thoughts? I didn't hear him. Why did I do this to myself? Right? That's an okay question to ask, but sometimes what God's doing is he's aggravating the lies I believe in my heart so they'll come to the surface so they'll leave me. And so what's happening is he then tests God, but again, he doesn't test God, in a, he tests God out in the open on, and, uh, and it's this amazing way. And we talked about that last week. 
So this leads us to this point. Now, some of y'all, now we were talking yesterday that, li- that the reason we are alive on this earth, the reason why we are a body is that the Lamb of God might receive the reward of his suffering, which is that all the world might know him. Amen. We are not here for all the other things primarily. That's our primary goal. Does that make sense? Let me explain primary. One of your, you know what your number one primary need is? Oxygen. How do I know? I take it away from you. Things get sticky, right? Like a primary need is if you don't have this thing, nothing else works. Now, many, who here has a calling that's slightly bigger than breathing? Right? Right? No, seriously. I hope everybody like, oh, I don't know. I'm just here taking up space. No. But if you don't breathe, you don't get to do your vision. Does that make sense? Our primary mission, our primary goal as a body, as people of God, as people who've been redeemed from the pit, is that we would bring the rest of the world into an encounter with a God who loves them, that we would be ministers of reconciliation. You know, that's why 2 Corinthians 10 says this thing. We've talked about this before. It says that we are new creation, and in the very same breath, that new creation means we're ambassadors of reconciliation. We are letting the world know God's not mad at you. God is for you. God loves you. He paid a price for you to come back into his family. That's our primary. Now, again, just like oxygen, if we don't so, so one of the things that has happened last week is we kind of declared that and there was a fire. Did you guys feel the fire last week? Oh my gosh. And I, you know, we're, so many of us were moved. We're like, yes, yes, I hear you, God. I want to be a part of that. Yes. And I promise you more than a one of us had buyer's remorse when we got home. <laughs> what was I doing? Why? No. Why did I give God my blank check? Why? <laughs> Three of us? A number of people who told me, this was such a hard message. It's that Gideon thing. God will create boldness in us so that we will go where we're too smart to go. And then we're like, ah! <laughs> right? And so in this place, we watch. So Gideon, he has tested the Lord. You know, he did the fleece thing, did it twice. You know, finally, he's like, okay, I guess we're on mission. And he's shocked because as he goes out, see, Gideon was mad about what was happening to the people of Israel, but he was also mad about what it was doing to him, right? And for all these years, all the people of Israel had all personal problems But when Gideon called them together, it was the first time in seven years that they're like, wow, we can actually do something about this because, and so what happens is there's 30,000 some people show up, right? If we can go to uh, uh, Judges chapter seven, we're only going to read like seven verses. It said early in the morning, Jeroboam, by the way, (laughs) do you want to be what other people have called you, what you call yourself, or what God calls you? Then you have to go where God tells you. Early in the morning, Jeroboam, that's Gideon, and had all his men camped at the spring of Harad. 
And the camp of Midian was north of them in the valley near the hill of Moreh. So this was a valley, valley it's about 10, feet, 10 miles, seven or eight miles across. And they are at the top of one hill and the enemy's over on another. And at the base of their hill is this spring. You can still see it today. Look it up. It's awesome. It's an incredibly powerful spring. It's, it's tons of fresh water. And, uh, but they're up on a hill. And by a say, say hill, it was, it's a higher than Kennesaw Mountain. So Kennesaw Mountain is only about 700 feet up from the, the visitor center. It's about 1,100 feet up. So it's, it's high up there. It's a big hill. And so here they're up there, and, uh, and it says, um, now, but remember, who's down in the valley and on the other hill? The enemy, right? The Lord said to Gideon, you have too many men. Do you think that's what Gideon thought? <laughs> like, God, Gideon's just done counting. He's like, oh, man, we are in trouble. God goes, the opposing force, so, was 130,000 to 30,000. Anybody like those odds? No. Okay, the 130,000 are all professional raiders. Think of like, you know, if you've seen the Los Angeles Raiders fans. <laughs> Crazy. They're going after it, right? And then we've got a bunch of people who've been scared hiding in holes for seven years. Thirty. So the Lord said to Gideon, you have too many men. I cannot deliver Midian into your hands or Israel will boast against me. Now, what do you think was Gideon's evaluation of the battle before God spoke? overwhelming what do you think his chances he felt were pretty close to zero especially after being a hopeless person for a long time by the way when you've been a hopeless person for a while it takes a while to come out of that does that make sense like it doesn't magically go away because we've been feeding that thing for a while and he says i can't but who what did he say he said who said who's who cannot deliver midian who is the person who can't deliver midian According to this, God can't deliver him. Do you know there are things God can't do in your life? There's things he can't do in my life. Why? I won't let him. I'm in the way. I'm trying to do it on my own. And he goes, "Mm -mm, I can't. He said, well, and Gideon's like, well, that makes two of us. You can't and I can't. So we're even. I can't. Deliver out of my own, they'll say my own strength to save me. And that's how we got here in the first place. By the way, you and I, we just want the enemy to go away. God wants to deliver us from what got us there in the first place. Amen. Now announce to the army, anyone who trembles with fear because you spent seven years worshiping at the altar of fear. Anybody who trembles with fear at the army, you can see right in front of you may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. And so 22,000 men left. (laughs) You know, Jesus did something like this. You guys remember in John chapter 5, he had too many people. He had somewhere between five and 15,000 people. And so he preached the uh, cannibal and vampire sermon. You know, eat my flesh, drink my blood. And he failed to explain what he meant. 
And when he turned around, there were only 12 left. And they wanted to leave. <laughs> but where can we go? I think Peter couldn't go back because of his mother-in-law, but that was another issue. <laughs> but anyway, and so here it is. God is in the business of shrinking your strength to make room for his strength. We were, uh, uh, Marina and Serge and Masha and I were having dinner on Friday and we were talking about this issue. And, and Marina's like, can't he use my strength? The reality is he can, but I won't let him because I trust in my strength, don't I? Because I'm pretty good. But I believe that we learn to trust him in our weakness so we can trust him in our strength eventually. But the Lord said to Gideon, there are too many men still. Okay, guys. If you're Gideon, right, and you've just shrunk your force from 32,000 to 10,000 because you were bold or stupid enough to listen to God. At this point, I'm vacillating between being incredibly proud of myself and screaming, right? Like, like. And God goes and he goes, the one little thing I've got going for me is I was bravely obedient to God. And God goes, it's not enough. (sighs) I thought I'd at least get an attaboy, God. There are still too many men. Take them down to the water and I will thin them out for you there. Isn't that gracious of God? He's like, you don't have to, Gideon. I'll do it for you. One of the things the Lord said to us early on in planning a church, he said, you guys have to give up on manipulation, condemnation, and control as means of motivating people. Well, what else have you got left? Jesus said, oh, it's all good. I I work on the whosoever will method. I'll thin the herd. Mm. It's not what you want to hear, is it? Anyway, I'll thin them out for you. If I say, this one shall go with you, he shall go. But I say, if this one shall not go with you, he shall not go. So he's telling Gideon to go down to the water. Now, guys, they're up on a hill. The enemy's over here. What is the problem with going down to the water? Yes, yes. I hear all my, my, my military people going, yes, you lose the advantage of the heights. You make yourself vulnerable. You make yourself visible. You're, you're like, you're giving up the one thing you got going for you. Like Gideon's losing one thing after another of his, of his he's like, we had the heights. Because their hill was higher than the other hill. By a little bit. Right? They're like giving it up. And so what happens is he goes, he said, go down to the water. Now notice, God doesn't tell him how he's going to thin it out. Who are my people? You will go if God will give you the complete plan then you will never go. That's not how he works. He goes, go, go. There's a reason why most of Jesus's miracles seem to happen. The big ones happened on the way. Anyway, so Gideon took the men down. Again, he's bravely obedient. I really want to be inside his head though because I've watched Gideon in chapter six and he's my guy. Doesn't he seem a little wishy-washy? Doesn't he seem a little fearful? Like I can relate to him. Here he just seems to go. I still think he's struggling. We'll see a little more in that later. So Gideon took the men down to the water, and then the Lord said to him, separate those who lap the water with their tongues as a dog laps from those who kneel down to drink. 
Um, I'm not a military person, but that's usually not the primary way you determine military fitness. They've already just been brave enough to stay in an ever-dwindling army against overwhelming odds, and yet God goes, he said it another way to Samuel. He said, man looks on the outside, but I look at the heart. And so I'll show you their hearts. And so I, Gideon, what do you think is going on with that? The Lord said to Gideon, with the, it said 300 of them drank from the cupped hands, kneeling like dogs, and well, uh, kneeling while the others drank like dogs, <laughs> got down. And so what does that mean? The guys who got down on their hands and knees were worried about what, just one thing. Water. The guys who sat like this were worried about two things. The enemy and their brothers. One of the things, again, I'll say this. If you and I, our goal is my survival, I won't. God has called us to family. God has called us to community. God has called us not to go it alone. I said this before that God has talked to me about saying, he said, you have some issues in your life that you still are not, that you're not seeing the breakthrough you want to. He said, because you've been trying to go it alone. But the more I invite you in, my brothers and sisters, and we walk this out, the more things I find effortlessly fall off of me. There are battles you and I are trying to win that we're not winning because we're trying to go it alone. And God goes, 300 guys going it together, I can win with that. 300 against 100, the odds are 450 to 1. 450 to 1. And yet he's like, I can do this. This is a great idea. And here he is in this place. He's going, ah, but there's another thing the Lord really has put on my heart. He said, do you know what? He said, but there's another reason why we don't walk in the destiny and the vision that God's called us to. He said, because you don't prioritize my destiny and vision first. God's vision first in our lives. We, we say, when I have enough, then I'll care about the lost. When I have enough, then I'll care about my brother. When I have enough, then you'll never have enough. Jesus um, said in uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, after he says for a long time, he said, don't worry. Do not be anxious about anything. What does the word anything mean? Anything. anything. What does the word anxious mean? It's just a culturally savvy way to say you scared out of your mind. Right? Anxiety is fear. He says, do not fear anything. And then he goes on, don't worry about your clothes, don't worry about your food, don't worry about your house, don't worry about... Well, what else is there to worry about? A lot. A lot. Well, we're, we're good. But he sits there and he says, do not worry about a thing. But then he finishes up, he said, but rather do what? Seek first my kingdom and my and my righteousness right relationship with me and all that gets taken care of and let me ask you did he stutter no no he didn't verse 34 he says he goes on he says because you will have trouble in this life but don't worry it's all right listen in this life you have trouble but you cannot by worry protect yourself 
literally come back to my mission, my primary mission, and I will bring you into the things I promised you. Who is getting Gideon from point A to point B in his vision? God, right? Does Gideon have any ability to walk in his vision? Now, I'm just going to say for me, if I'm Gideon, this is how I, I would have done it. 32,000 people show up. 134. All right. I, I'm, I'm encouraged. We, this is a good beginning. So let's double down on this. Hey, you guys got brothers? You got, can you go home and get more people? I'm going to focus on my ability and I'm going to grow my ability. But Gideon doesn't do that. He turns back to God and to God's mission because see your vision that God's given you is his vision for you, not your vision. And so your vision is going to fit inside of God's vision of reaching the world with him. A little later in Matthew chapter 10, he puts it this way. Verse 7. He says to the disciples as he's sending them out. Now you guys remember, he said, when he told his disciples at the very end, he said, go and make what? Disciples of all nations. So who are disciples of Jesus? Us, right? Okay, just to make it simple, us. So he says to his disciples, go proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven is here right now. Why? Because I showed up. The kingdom of heaven has come. And so then heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those with leprosy, and drive out demons. Freely you've received, freely give. Now, I'm just going to say something. He, all of this is in the context of bringing the world into an encounter with Jesus. It's not in the context of the church. But where do we practice all of, our, of those things? We practice them in the church. Which is right place to practice, because where do you practice? Before the game. But then you got to go play the game. It'd be weird if all you did was practice. We go. These are these things. I would submit to you that we will see way, way, way more breakthrough in healing and raising the dead and, and cleansing those with leprosy and seeing breakthroughs of people who set free from the mnemonic if instead of trying to stay here to become experts here, if we'll take what God's doing and go. And as we go, proclaiming the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then as it happens, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out the demons. So stay with me. Everybody's terrified, so it's okay. You're not alone. <laughs> I run into this all the time. I, I was sitting with a, a young man, uh, 23 years of age, uh, at, a coffee, at a Starbucks on Wednesday. And uh, he said to me, he goes, I'll, I'll be honest, I can talk to Christians all day. But I don't know the first thing to say talking about God with somebody who doesn't know Jesus. Okay, blink twice if that's you. Good, you're not alone. Awesome, okay. <clears throat> there was like a wind, right? There was like, whoa, a mighty rushing wind. Okay, the, the reality is, what was the message that, that Jesus gave them? What was the message? The kingdom is here. That's it. Like, is that complicated? Now, anybody noticed the average IQ of our, of our disciples in the Bible? 
It's not high. It's not high. Did they have any theological degrees? So what qualified them to give, to be his disciples? They've been with Jesus. They walked with him and did what he said. Okay? This is what qualifies you. But again, I was talking with this guy and he said, he said, I don't know. I, I don't know what I would say to them. And I said, well, has Jesus ever done anything for you in your life? Ever. It's a pretty low bar. He goes, well, when I was in high school, I had no friends. I was a nerd. And uh, man, then I met Jesus. And now my life is, I have friends, so many friends. I, I'm thinking of going west and they're going to miss me. I said, do you think that your generation, which is one of the loneliest generations ever, might be impacted by that testimony that God gave you the ability to have friends and to be a friend? He goes, yeah. See, the only thing you and I have to give is what God has done in us. I can't preach somebody else's message. I can't give them what they, sh I can't give them what I think they need. I can only give them what I have. Do, do you, is that, is that complicated math? Can I give somebody what I don't have? No. But anybody, if I feel like I have to, what does that make me feel like? Makes me feel ill-equipped. It makes me feel like a loser, right? But when I say, God, I can't, I, all I have to give is what I have. So when the postman comes up to the door, if he has a bag, he comes up to the mailbox, he looks where to find out if there's any mail for that house. He looks in his bag, right? Looks in his bag, pulls out something, and whatever is, has that person's name on it, he gives it to him. You have letters inside of you from Jesus to other people, and they're the things that Jesus has done in your life. And I'll show you how. You guys ready? Super simple. We've done this with our high school. We've done this with the young, young adults. There was a time when I, I first have to start with talking about what he's done, but what he's done only means something if they know where I started. Right? Does that make sense? Like if I was born a millionaire and I was like, and I may, you know, saying I'm a millionaire means nothing, right? But if I started from nothing, it means something. There was a time when, and for me it was, I was unable to love or be or receive love. I was unable to love or receive love. I was completely cut off. I was separated. I was locked in a box. I was alone. But then, but then Jesus. Jesus met me and he set me free and loved me. And now, I 
I am full of love and surrounded by love. There was a time when I Guys, we don't have to make it complicated. We don't have to make it um, huge. We don't have to make it uh, the dead raising. We don't have to. We, we can be looking at someone with drug addiction and maybe we've never had drug addiction in our life. It doesn't matter. The only thing I have to give is what Jesus has done for me. There was a time in my life when I was, I was fundamentally incapable of emotion or knowing love, but then Jesus set me free. Now I said, now I'm full of love and I'm able to love. Does that mean anything to you? Or do you have a story like that? Or does that resonate with you? Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to show my little um, things that go into this lines, okay? And then um, my middle and high schoolers, we did this on Wednesday. So start digging back to what you had. Or some of our others who've, who've learned yeah. this. Yep. The 15-second okay. testimony, okay? All right. So... There was a time in my life when I was anxious and depressed. But then I met Jesus, and he changed my life. And now I'm full of love and joy. Okay, who wants to do it? So, well, let's say, say a second. <laughs> um, changed my life, and now I'm full of what? Full of life and joy? Life and, I mean, just what, I mean, it could be well, the, the um, what is that? Um the, what is it called? Adverb. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> you mean the, the antonym? Yeah. The opposite? Yeah. So, so the reality is I have 3,000 of these. Why? Because God's done 3,000 things in me. And I'll sit with someone and I'll look in there and I'll say, God, what, what, what in my life that you have done do you want me to share with them? But it's just a super simple way to just kind of just on the go to be ready, right, to share. It's, it should be very short, very brief. Is this, is this complicated? There was a time when I... Why? Because I'm telling them the kingdom of heaven has come near in my life. I am the only advertisement. Not, not... So there could, it could be, there was a time in my life when I was really sick. Yeah. But then Jesus touched my body and healed me. And now I'm, I'm walking in health. I'll give you another one. There was a time in my life when I was so gripped by night terrors that I was afraid of the dark till I was in my 30s. But God, Jesus set me free. And now I walk in the light and I am not afraid. Can we have a couple people try yeah, it? So, so a couple, Who wants to try it out? Somebody, it, get your little words. Like what, what goes here, here, and yeah. then so. Yeah, come on. Come Warren. on. <laughs> what you got? There was a time when I was full of fear and I had no voice of my own, but then Jesus met me and he changed my life and now I have my own voice and I have my own confidence to express who he is in me. Come on. Wow. Good. Wow. Come on. Come on. It's really simple. There was a time when I was depressed and suicidal. Mm -hmm. But then Jesus. Come on. Saved me. Come on. 
for redeeming. That works. Mm -hmm. And now I'm full of life, full of life and love. I love it. Come on. Simple, right? It's but do simple. you know the thing is, nobody can argue with your testimony. <laughs> nobody can listen. People listen. I meet people, they want to argue about how many angels can dance on the head of a pin or if God exists or this, that, and the other. I don't care. I don't care about that at all. I happen to know he exists, and here's why. Nobody can argue with a testimony. Who else wants to try it? Come on. Come on. Yeah, come on. Come on, line up. Yeah. Come on, we'll practice it, and the more we practice it, the more it will just click. Okay, so there was a time in my life when I was lonely and... Uh, that works. Yep. Just grab the first word that pops in. You're good. But then Jesus befriended me. Ooh, I like it. Come on. And loved me. And now I... Now I'm able to have real friendships. And, Woo! And be at peace. Wow! Oh my gosh! Wow! That's incredible. There was a really interesting and difficult time when I got married. And then I found out that we cannot have a kids on both sides. So I went to Jesus and I started to talk to him and asked for four kids. And it took Jesus 10 years to give me four kids. Uh, come on. Come but, on. Okay, keep working on how to re, like, get it faster. You know what yep, I mean? Because yep. sometimes you just have like a second to get it out. Come on. That's good. It takes practice. Yes, it, it, does. it does take That's practice. That's why we do it. Who else wants to try? Come on. It's your moment. Come on. Um, there was a time I had no money. Come on. But then Jesus paid all my bills. What? And now I'm full of peace and trust in him. What? Wow. Come on. Who can relate to that testimony? Woo. Every all of us have that testimony, right? At one wow. time or another. Come on. <laughs> listen, listen. I've got to tell you, man, Jesus is good. Give him the glory. Come on. Come on, Donovan. What you got? There was a time when I thought I was all that. <laughs> uh -huh. but then jesus encountered me uh-huh and now i realize it's good to be humble <laughs> there you go hey listen listen that is listen i want to say this your testimony is what has power we will all look at our testimony and go well i don't know if that's going to mean anything to how would you know what's going to mean something to somebody else? And this is not, this testimonies. are you seeing how this can be for believers and unbelievers? But it's just everywhere we go, we share our testimony, right? And it's just powerful and it's brief, right? So we don't need well, to And I, I didn't even realize I was doing this, but I sit down, you know, I was sitting, I was sitting with this, this young man, the 23-year-old, and he was like, he was like, so what's been happening? <laughs> You know, and you're kind of like, I don't even know how to start this conversation. You know what I'm talking And God, and all of a sudden I was just like, well, there was a time. <laughs> I was just like, and I just shared like literally just with this format. What it does is see this part is vulnerable, isn't it? This part is real. This part is, is not about how awesome I am. 
that makes it, this is how great he is, right? Does that make sense? And so as a result, that vulnerability allows connection. And suddenly I'm having deep connection with people. Incredibly quick, deep connection with believers. So who else would like to try? Come on. Come on, Dan. This is not a competition. We, like we said, we practice in the church. There was a time when I was angry. Come on. And confused. Come on. And Jesus opened my mind and heart. Come on. And made me more of a friendly and outgoing person. Wow. Now you, you stand with a microphone and speak. And <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, and, and I want to I say to that. So when a person's standing in front of you, they don't know who you used to be. Yeah. So they don't know that people meeting Dan would just go, he's full friendly. And they don't understand. No, this is Jesus. You wouldn't have liked me without Jesus. Come on. That's good. There was a time where I felt like I wasn't worth anything. Come on. And, but then Jesus brought me a friend and I, I know I'm worth something now. Woo! Wow. So good, so good. girl. I love it. Come on. Come on. The thing I want you to see, part of the reason why doing all of these is right now, a large number of you all are going, yeah, I don't got nothing. And it's a lie from the pit of hell. Because if Jesus gave it to you, it's something. Don't call what he does junk. But that's literally all you have to do. You're like, when Jesus said to Gideon, go in the strength you have, go in the testimony you have. You don't know the person that's dying thinking, I could never have a friend. A person who's thinking I'm utterly worthless. The person who realizes that they are proud and it's killing every relationship and they don't know how to become humble. Like, like literally, you don't know what somebody's walking through, but Jesus does. So who else? Come on. Come on. Woo! Come on, Mariana. Come on. Come on, everyone who's sitting at the edge of your seat and wants to try. Love this it. is, um, so when we are, you know, equipping power and release, like you all, we're going to get serious about this equipping thing, right? Come on. <laughs> like everyone is going to know their testimony. Come on. <laughs> everyone is going to be able to share it. Like we're going to be equipped. Come on. <laughs> all right, come on. So there was a time when I was broke and my car broke down, the only car I had. And uh, I spent some time with God, and he said, I will spoil you. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And uh, at the end, he gave me the brand new car that I didn't, wow. didn't have resources for, but they came. So, wow. Yeah, brand come, new. I never come had on, a brand new come car. Come on. Before. Jesus. Come on. Who is uh, grabbing a hold of that testimony? <laughs> well, so, so again, you might say, wow, well, that's maybe... And, and, that is very spiritual, but you might say, well, that's not nearly as spiritual as we're supposed to be reaching the lost. I, I, I was listening to a testimony of a guy who worked at Land Rover uh, Jaguar uh, uh, factory in England. And uh, this guy came to him, and, he's, and he was this Italian guy, didn't believe in God, but he was like, listen, I've been waiting on this. Uh, I've been trying to get a mortgage. I can't get a mortgage. I hear your God does stuff. <laughs> and he said, yeah. He said, uh, he said, okay, but listen, here's the deal. We'll pray together, Okay. But, you know, you, you believe, I will believe. And he said, We're, I believe that our God is going to get you the mortgage. He had no credit, had no, he had just been, anyway, long story. Two weeks later, he starts shrieking on the line. Andrew's God got me a mortgage. Andrew's God got me a mortgage. <laughs> you, listen, God cares about the, the birds of the air. Come on. All right, come on. All 
Uh, so there was a time when I was absolutely exhausted, basically at my ends meet. Uh, but then I cried out to Jesus, and he strengthened me what I, I, because I didn't have any strength. Come on. Come on. That's, so come on. Strengthen, strengthen me, and now I am, what he, would you say? He gave me strength I didn't have. Yeah, like, I come didn't on. have any strength. Come on. That's good. Come on. Again. Listen, let me right now, let me tell you right now, these testimonies are hitting people here, right? This is a menu of the kingdom. Come on. There was a t- Go ahead. There was a time where I had no value because nobody loved me, so I didn't love myself. And then Jesus told me, I love you. And then he saved me. And now I have value that nobody can take away. Woo! Oh, guys. Wow. Come on. So there was a time when I um, broke my head and I had to get stitches. Um, I was afraid to go to the doctor, but when I got my stitches, God made it so that I don't, fe- so that I didn't feel any pain, and now I have a better relationship with Him. Come on, that's good, dude. Okay, so good. listen, and a little child will lead him. Listen. I've got to tell you, this is what the Lord's been on me for so long, and I'm starting to learn. If, if a little child can't understand it, maybe we don't understand it either. Which, okay, a little Come correction. Not ahead. little children. Yeah, not little children. Young man. Ch- yeah, sorry, my bad. No. Yes. My bad. My apologies. Yes, that is so true. Yeah, no. Come on. No, but I, mean, I, but but I want little, to say Little that. kids can do this too. Yes, yeah. yes, little kids. Sit, listen, each of us has something God has done. Listen, you're not giving them what you think they need. Anybody here tried to preach somebody else's message? It doesn't work. Telling them a testimony. Okay, I, I feel like there's a couple of people who are dying to do this. Who is like sitting on the edge and like wants to try it out? Come on. We'll take a couple more. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Yay. Come on, Lloyd. Come on, Gay. All right, Liz. There was a time when I was timid and shy. Uh huh. But Jesus drew me out, and now He has given me true humility. Mm. Mm. Come on. Well, and again, even as you're speaking it, people are going, "Really?" They see the confidence you stand and boldness, right? And so you are the advertisement. Come on, the kingdom of heaven has come near. Come on, Lloyd. There was a time I had an impossible dream. Then I met Jesus, and my impossible dream became true. Come now on. I'm, now I'm full of life and love. Wow. Come on. Now, now, this was a great example. Do you realize he, he, uh, he buried the lead? He was, like, he, was like, he was like, hey, like, what kind of dream, right? Like, too often as Christians, we're beating people over the head. Put a little out there. You're, oh, we're proud of you, Gay. You got this. All right. There was a time when I. There was a time in November. Come on. I had a huge heart attack. I'm living on a half a heart. And I am a miracle because they did not expect me to live. Come on. I am, my other heart is, the other half of my heart is strong. Wow. Come on. Jesus. (laughs) 
And Lord, we just pray for full restoration of that heart in Jesus' name. Come on. Come on. I, there is someone here today, you actually are having heart issues and you are gripped with anxiety and fear. You need to come see her because she's got some joy and some faith for you. Because she met Jesus. Come on. Amen. Oh, come on. So good, y'all. All right. Um, do you have the little Yes, cards? I do. So, all right. So, unfortunately, you're not off the hook. All right. I need uh, some of my, uh, my youth, my men, uh, to help me. Young man. Young man. Young men, rise up quickly. I need your help. Okay, come on, come on. All right. Here. I need you guys to pass these out to people. And there you go. And then I need some other people to help me pass out pens real quick. Here, you can help me. Thank you. All right, you are awesome. You are awesome. Yay. Oh, thank you, Heather. Thank you. All right, so grab a pen and a paper. This is your own pocket version. I want you to ask God, just get it for you. Again, keep it simple. Try to make it one word. Kind of, Lloyd showed us how to do it, right? He has a dream. He didn't tell us what that dream was. You don't have to tell all the detail because you are a walking advertisement. It's like a hook. A hook. You're an advertisement. Mm. Yay. Awesome. Thank you. Yay. Awesome. Yay. All right. Awesome. Yes. Ooh, nailed it. Yaxi, if you couldn't hear that, said, you know, this is super helpful for remembering what Jesus has done to be thankful. And I'll, all the time, I'll just be asking God, like, to remind me of those, exactly like Yaxi said. And he will literally um, adjust this testimony as a word of knowledge as you are meeting with people. I can't tell you the number of times I'm just like, okay, what's in my bag? And I'll pull it out. And it might seem vague, but it hits like a knife to the person I'm talking to. Yay. Everybody got one? All right. Oh, you don't? Here you go. Here you go. And here. And Grace needs one. You can get her one. Well, there you so go. So we would really encourage you all to fill it out um, yep. just here with what just comes to mind. Keep it simple. Keep Again, it super simple. Try to keep it. I'm, I, I had a hard time with this. Mm-hmm. I didn't start out with a 15-second testimony. I know this is hard to imagine. <laughs> I started out with a three-minute testimony. <laughs> And it kept having to drill it back to get so down. So I, I was like, okay, less words, please. Less <laughs> words. Let's like shrink it. <laughs> because remember, my, my strength is words. Yes. He uses my weakness. Yes. Come on. So um, just take a second. Like I said, just super simple. Again, uh, I'll say this. What helps here is, is uh, you know, if you can, again, if you notice, most of these words are not theological or spiritual. They're just real. Um, there's a couple other openings we have thought about. There was a time um, in my life when or what was the other one that was good that we came up with? Um, well, I, I, just, well, I'll just say that. I'll just say, oh, my gosh, this week. <laughs> this week I was so anxious and honestly a bit paranoid. But God <laughs> set me free from that. And now I'm just full of peace. 
people are like, where, where, where? Say that again. Slow down for the people in the back. <laughs> so right? it's helpful. It's helpful to have like a, a beginner. To me personally, it's helpful to have like a little phrase. Then it starts rolling out. Um, but you can come up with something that feels more natural to you, um, like a little opening. But I, I will tell you, we will, we will, we for a long time we would practice with each other, to doing it so that it was natural. It's authentic. It's just a, it's a, it's a starter. It's not, and and so you don't want to be like. There was a time when <laughs> anybody here you witnessed like that. You, you were so afraid that you were just like. Ah! No. Okay. All right. So now what I want you to do is I want you to turn to your neighbor and I want you to take turns real quick. Grab a partner. I want you guys to do it. And I... Very, very quickly. Just whoever is sitting. You two are together. <laughs> do you have a story like that? Grace. Okay. Go, go to Heather real quick. Let's see. Uh, Robin is right here by himself. Does that resonate with you? And I would, yeah, come on. All right, practice on each other. And you could ask the person, does this resonate with you? And they might need what oh, you have. We forgot about the end of this. Yeah, 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 oh. So you just say, does this resonate with you? And you might end up praying for each other. Come on. Like I said, it doesn't have to be your whole testimony. It could just be one moment. All right, don't give them your whole story. This is just supposed to be a sentence, okay? <laughs> you can do that afterwards. <laughs> All, right. All right. All right. All right, bring it back in. <laughs> All right. All right. Okay, so let me see a show of hands with fingers. On a scale of one to five, with five being... Uh, very hard and a thumb being very easy. How hard was this? I love it. Yep. Come on. I see some twos. I see a lot of thumbs. So listen, I want to say this is the enemy wants to make you, you're disqualified, but listen, who qualifies you? Jesus. It's what he's done in you is what the world needs. And Jesus, it says in Ephesians says that there are works prepared for us in advance to do. That works is supernatural. It's what Jesus said. I came to do the, the works, the miracles. Listen, if you want to see the miracles of God, you got to go where he sends you in your day, right? He's prepared things along the way and expect him to show up and to show off in what he's already put in you. And as you go, I love what uh, uh, Bill Johnson has said this. He said, um, you know, people ask me, should I get married or not? I say, well, Get married or don't, but as you go, heal the sick, raise the dead, and preach that the kingdom of God has come near. Well, should I start a business? Well, you could start a business, and maybe you should, but as you're doing that, go, preach that the kingdom of God is at hand, and heal the sick and raise the dead. 
Does that make sense? This is our primary thing. And I would submit, as I personally put, make this more and more primary to my life, I find more joy, more hope, more ex- and a lot of my own things just disappear. When we wait to solve all of our problems before we let him move through us, guess what? We become narcissistic, self-focused people who aren't a bit of good to anybody. Whew! So, all right. If we can have the worship team come up. Come on. Yay. Come on. Mm. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Um, uh, yeah, you can just leave your pens uh, by the door on the way out. Um, take the card with you. And again, I'd encourage you to practice it. Uh, we, like I said, we call people up and practice with each other. You can practice with me. Um, but let's stand. Father, we thank you that you are sending us on a mission that you are preparing us for. You're sending us on a mission that you've empowered us for, that you've already given us a testimony to give the world. And Lord, we just declare that you have qualified us. So we will go in your beautiful name. We worship you. Jesus, so here is uh, my life. Here is me. Send me. Send me. Help me to go. Help me to go in your strength. Help me to go where you call. I just lay down my excuses. I lay down my limitations. And I just say, Jesus, whatever you say, whatever you call, I will obey. Just, just say it with me right now. If that's your heart, just say, Jesus, I will obey. I will make that small step. I will share that little, little glimpse with someone this week. I will touch a life this week. I will just obey you and go where you call me to go. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We're all sent out. (laughs) Sent out on a mission. Let's live this week on mission. For more information, go to AriseLife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram.